I have a good friend who found out that uh, he had a cancerous tumor growing that cannot be treated um, through chemotherapy or radiation. And the only solution appeared to be surgery. Unfortunately, where that tumor was located was in was was located in an inoperable place. Well, that appears to be an unsolvable problem or an impossible task. And some of us here some of us here might be confronted with what appear to be an impossible situation also. Some couples might have tried to have children, but could not. And some have parents that do not know the Lord, but yet they have no interest in Christianity. Some might have had a huge fight with their sibling. And they're so bitter toward one another that restoration seems impossible. What shall we do? This morning's message deals with the problem that is so enormous that it would take a miracle to resolve. And we're continuing our preaching series on meals with Jesus. Today's message is on the feeding of the 5,000. Now, this is the only miracle that appears in all four Gospels. It gives us a clear picture of who Jesus is. We have reached the climax of Jesus' Galilean ministry. And we will find out that he is enough for all of our needs. Let me just provide you a little context to this passage. So I'm going to go back to the beginning of Luke 9, uh, where our passage was read earlier. And Jesus commissioned the disciples and empowered them to do the work of the ministry by proclaiming the kingdom of God and by healing the sick. The disciple has been watching Jesus in action, doing ministry. Now Jesus sends them off to practice what they have been observing. It is their turn to preach the same message that Jesus preached, which is the kingdom of God. And also they are to do what Jesus was doing by healing the sick. Now, while the disciples were busy doing ministry, we see in the next paragraph in Luke that King Herod, who rules the Jewish province, heard a lot about Jesus, and he heard that from some. That said that Jesus is John the Baptist that had been revived, and others said, no, 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 he is Elijah who has been revived. 
because they see the power that Jesus displayed. The king was perplexed as to who Jesus is. Well, it then leads us to our passage this morning, where we will get to know who Jesus is. Jesus is the Messiah that can meet both our spiritual as well as our physical need. I've divided um, our passage into two parts. And if you have your bulletin inside, there is uh, the sermon outline you can follow uh, with me. The first part I entitled, Jesus Recognized the Needs of the Disciple. And second part is Jesus Recognized the Needs of the Crowd. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Luke chapter 9, beginning verse 10. Luke chapter 9, verse 10. It says, On their return, the apostle told him all that they had done. And he took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. Now, there's also, as I mentioned This miracle is recorded in the other gospel, too. So I'm going to jump a little bit uh, to some of the other uh, passages to give us a little bit more detail. Uh, And in in Mark chapter 6, it talks about the feeding of 5,000, too. I'm going to read verse 30 and 31 and give you a little bit more background here. It says, The apostle returned to Jesus and told him all that they have done and taught. And they said to them, Come away by yourself to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. So the disciples that were sent out to do the work of the ministry in the beginning of Luke chapter 9 of this chapter, has, they have returned back to Jesus. They were eager to share what they have been doing. And what was interesting here, we see Luke uh, call these disciples apostles. You know, the word apostles mean the sent one. Interesting enough. And, and Jesus indeed sent the disciples out to do the ministry. And now they are back. I remember two years ago, um, before the pandemic, I, I took a team on a mission trip to North Vietnam. And upon coming back, our team was just eager to share what, uh, uh, what, what God was doing uh, in and through us in this commonest country. A, a crowd gathered to hear what God was doing. Now, after the disciples uh, got back, they were helping Jesus uh, with ministry. And according to Mark, Jesus and his disciples were so busy ministering that they didn't even have a chance to eat. Can you imagine? Now, out of Jesus' compassionate heart, he noticed that the disciples were exhausted physically, emotionally, spiritually. And Jesus recognized the needs of the disciple and that they needed some rest. Therefore, Jesus advised the disciples to get away and to go on a retreat. And from the Luke passage, Jesus withdrew from the crowd and headed to Bethsaida, which was on the northeast side 
of the Sea of Galilee. While the Lord and the disciple at that time was on the west side of the Sea of Galilee, Jesus and his disciple got onto a boat and they crossed to the far side of the Sea of Galilee. You see, ministry is hard work. It is critical for us to rest and pace ourselves so that we will not be burnt out. Some of us are workaholic. And yes, we love to serve God, but overdoing it is not good. We must have the long view. If we are to, if, if we are to be burnt out, we'll be no good. For an extended period of time, it is wiser if we just pace ourselves and make sure we have adequate rest. Now, if you see a friend that might be working too hard, remind them, say, hey, hey, slow down. Get some rest. You know, our pastors and our ministers work particularly hard, particularly over the weekends. Now, all of them take Monday off. And let us remember them. Let's not bother them on Monday. Unless it's really in an emergency, let's support them and make sure they have adequate rest so that they could be effective in the long run. See, when Jesus sail off on the boat. The crowd decided to follow Jesus on foot around the lake. They anticipated where Jesus and disciples were going to land, and they actually got there before they arrived. See, it was about four miles to Bethsaida by direct sail, and about eight miles if you were to go by foot going around the lake. The multitude travel across the rugged hill and terrain to get to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Now that word follow is in the continuous action tense. What that means is that uh, this crowd has been following Jesus for a while. Now they were impressed with the miracles that they saw that Jesus was performing. They wanted to pursue Jesus to see more miracles. See, they were actually like thrill-seekers. It probably took them several hours to get to the other side of the lake. And if we look in the, the, the uh, we see, if we look at the book of Mark, it says that they ran to the other side and they got there before Jesus arrived. Now, when Jesus and his disciples were sailing to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, they had a short retreat resting as the disciple was sharing all the adventures that they had as they were ministering for the Lord. Now, can you imagine what the disciples were thinking when they, when they finally arrived and they saw this crowd? Well, I'm sure it, uh, you know, they, they, they were in the middle of their retreat, and they really wanted some more peace and quiet. Now, if I was one of those disciples, 
I would be ticked off. Because these people are interrupting our, our, our time of rest. Why they just, just go away? Don't, don't bother. Don't bother us. Well, let us take a look in verse 11 to see how Jesus responds to this multitude. It says, when the crowd learned that they followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. See, here we see Jesus recognized the needs of the crowd. Instead of being upset and irritated with them, he welcomed them. And when we look at the marked account, we get more information in Mark 6, verse 34. It says, when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without shepherd. And, they began, and he began to teach them many things. Now, although Jesus was probably very tired, yet he had compassion toward the people who were like sheep without a shepherd. Although the, this crowd sought to see miracle, it was divine truth that they desperately need. Clearly, Jesus sees the need of their soul, their inner being. As a result, he preaches the kingdom of God to them. He proceeded also to cure for those who needed healing. Jesus not only recognized the need of their soul or their spiritual need, but, but also the need of the body or their physical needs. And when we notice in verse 14, it says that there were 5,000 men that was in the crowd. Now, that does not include women and children. If we include them, there could be possibly 20,000 people. That's a big crowd. Now, Jesus preached the kingdom of God, knowing that they're only going to be there on earth for a limited period of time. You see, we all will live for eternity, but the question is, where are we going to spend that eternity? Jesus preached all day until the sun is beginning to set. Now, this crowd was probably tired and probably hungry. The disciples anticipated a humongous problem that they have here. Let us look at how the disciple attempt to resolve the problem as we read verse 12. Now the day began to wear away, and the twelve came and said to him, Send the crowd away and go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provision, for we are here in a desolate place. Well, the disciples first respond by sort of well, just ignoring the problem and, 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 and wanting them to, wanting to send them away. They have not caught the compassion that Jesus had for the lost. 
They did not want to deal with the problem of feeding 20,000 people. Well, let them take care of themselves. And the reason why disciples wanted Jesus to send them away is that because they were in a desolate place. A desolate place basically is an uninhabited place. There were no stores close by to buy, buy food. And it was beginning to get dark. Surely, they did not want to be responsible for feeding this huge crowd. Plus, really, it is an impossible task. Likewise, various times when we see people that might be in need, we really don't want to deal with them. We want to kind of ignore them. We're going to send them away. Are we willing to be available to meet the needs where people are? Oh, it might be inconvenient, but let us make ourselves available to care for the needy. I, I particularly, I was talking to Jeff Chen, and I particularly appreciate him and James Sean and a couple other brothers who had a, just a compassionate heart for the homeless under the freeway over there. They go out there regularly after church to befriend them and to talk to them. Not like probably many other people would treat these homeless people to by seeing them as rejects and then wanting a part of them. But we see these brothers in the Lord did not ignore them, but took initiative to care for them. Let us look at verse 13 to see how Jesus replied to his, the, the disciples' request to send the crowd away. In verse 13 it says, But he said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. Jesus commanded them to give them something to eat. These men had just returned, as you recall, from working miracles and preaching under the power and authority of Jesus. Now they claimed they had no interest in ministering to the lost. This reminds me various times when we might be very excited in going out on a short-term mission and we share the gospel, we have compassion for the lost, but somehow for some of us when we get back home, we somehow lose that compassion for the lost and we kind of return back to our old way of life, not really caring too much about the loss. May the Lord rekindle our fire for the loss. Well, how did the other's disciple attempt to resolve this problem? In John's account, specifically in John 6, 5, Jesus asked Philip, where, the, where to buy bread and for these people to eat because Philip lived in that area. Jesus figured that Philip would know where to get food. But yet, 
in reality, Jesus was only testing Philip's faith. Philip used his analytical mind to figure out how much it takes to feed the 20,000 people. In a short period of time, he figured out that it takes eight months of wages. You see, Philip tried to resolve the problem by human logic, but they did not have enough funds and concluded that it was an impossible task. Another disciple, Andrew, attempted to resolve the problem by looking for food. He found a void with five small barrel of loaves and two small fish, which was a lunch that his mother prepared for him. That was also recorded in John. Could you imagine what was going through the mind of the little boy as Andrew went up to him asking if he would be willing to give up his lunch to Jesus? I'm sure the boy was probably really hungry himself. But he was convinced that Jesus could do more with what he has. As you know, the, uh, we, we have the Pearland Building Fund. The goal was, seems to be enormous at $4 million. However, 38 families in the Pearland Church trusted in the Lord, and gave generously to the Lord, believing that God would multiply it. And what appeared to be an impossible task was made possible by the Lord with the help of brothers and sisters from XCC. Now, although the little boy believed that Jesus can do something with the little that he gave to Jesus, Yet we see Andrew was skeptical in how so small amount can make a difference. And he said in John 6, verse 9, the latter part of the verse, Andrew says, what are they for so many? Saying, we just have so little. What are we going to do? You know, it's too big of a, a, a situation. Sometimes we think the little that we give to Jesus is not enough. Here we see the disciple attempted to resolve the problem. First of all, they kind of ignore the problem and wanted to send the people away. And we see other disciples try to resolve it by using human logic and others by providing unlimited resources to Jesus. Now, with all that the disciple can muster up, it was not enough. Although the disciples have been witnessing Jesus' miraculous feat for the last two years, they were looking only with their human eyes and with human resources instead of looking upon Jesus. It seems to be an impossible task. I mentioned to you in the beginning of my message about my friend who had that rare cancer tumor that could not be treated by 
chemo or radiation. And he told me that he cannot have it operated on. But what surprised me was when he leaned over, and then he, he said to me, this is ripe for a miracle. And then he would say, well, this is where God can go to work. God loves to step in when an impossible task is on the line. Now, it has been over 10 years since my friend told me about his cancer. And he is alive and still going strong. Now, back to our passage, we see Jesus resolves the problem with a miracle by taking what little that was offered to him, and he reproduced it. Let us look in Luke chapter 9, verses 14 to 17, the remaining part of this passage, and see how Jesus resolved the problem. Verse 14, it says, For there were about 5,000 men. And he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. And they did so, and had them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over it. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up, 12 baskets of broken pieces. Jesus recognized the crowd's spiritual needs or, or the need, their, 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 their need, their, the need of their soul, as well as the crowd's physical need or their need for their body. Now, although the crowds were thrill-seekers, and Jesus knew about that, yet Jesus still had compassion for them and showed them kindness by feeding them. Andrew found a boy who was willing to give to Jesus his five loaves and two fish. Our question is, well, how to feed the 20,000 or so was so little. It seems to be an impossible task. There's no human solution to this big problem. However, God is in charge, and he knows what needs to be done. God loves to deal with impossible he sees it as an opportunity to show his compassion as well as to show his power. And when he solves it, there is no question that it came from our Lord. It could not have happened unless God intervened, for he is enough. In preparation, he had the people sit down so that the food can be distributed in an orderly manner. Although the disciples were not really excited about feeding them, they obeyed Jesus by directing the people to sit down in groups of 50s. Jesus 
took the loaves, gave thanks, acknowledging that God's the provider of all things. Then he gave the bread and the fish to the disciples to give to those that were seated. Now, what was amazing was Jesus kept on giving. He gave it to one and whoop, some more. And kept on giving. Wow, that was amazing miracle. Jesus created something out of nothing. Every, everybody that was served ate until they were satisfied. Some went back for seconds or maybe third until they were full. God could have caused the food to fall into the laps of all the people. He could have done that, but Jesus did not choose to do that. Instead, Jesus partnered with the disciples to distribute the bread and the, and the fish. The disciples were their servers. And the question to us is, are we willing to partner with Jesus to do something great? I'd just like to share with you that our church is sponsoring a couple of projects to help those that are suffering in Myanmar, as well as those Afghanistan refugees that are being transported here in Houston. Now, this is an opportunity. You partnered with the Lord, and you can find more details in the bulletin. Jesus demonstrated great generosity in providing enough food for every person to be fully satisfied. Yet he did not forget about his disciples. When they all had enough to eat, Jesus commanded the disciples to pick up the leftovers. And, and there were 12 baskets that were collected to meet the needs of the disciples, the 12 disciples. Nothing was wasted. God provided enough for everyone. In the great economy of God, there was neither too little nor too much. Now, through this miracle, it authenticated the messenger, Jesus, and his message about the kingdom of God as coming from God. This miracle was more than an act of compassion for, for, the, to, compassion for hungry people. It was a sign of Jesus as the Messiah. You see, the very next day, Jesus preached a sermon on the bread of life and urged the people to receive him just as they have received the bread. Again, it is recorded in John chapter 6. And we look at verse 35. It says, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life who Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. Now, you remember earlier, King Herod asked, who is this Jesus? Well, he is the Messiah that comes to save mankind. And looking ahead to his 
pending death on the cross, Jesus will provide eternal life to those who believe. Unfortunately, the crowds uh, were more interested in their stomach than in their soul and completely missed the spiritual impact of this miracle. The crowd want to make Jesus king so that he can provide them with physical bread instead of spiritual bread. You see, Jesus is the Messiah who came to save them from their sin. We can be declared righteous by placing our faith in what he did on the cross on our behalf. And I want to invite you to receive this gift of eternal life by believing in Jesus today. For Jesus is enough for us. And for some of us that are facing impossible situations, may we learn from this passage that an impossible situation gives Jesus an opportunity to show his compassion and his power as the Messiah who meets both the physical and spiritual needs of man. May we say like my good friend said, oh, it's just ripe for a miracle. You can turn your impossible tasks to the Lord and allow him to do what man cannot do, for he is enough for us. Let's bow for prayer. Lord, indeed you are enough, Father. You not only can provide for our physical need, but even more importantly, you provide for our spiritual needs, Lord. Thank you for coming to identify yourself, to be one of us, to live a sinless life, and offer yourself as a sacrifice on our behalf on the cross. Not only did you die, but you rose again, showing that whosoever believeth in you will be saved that when we die, that we will rise again to be with you, Lord. Father, we also pray for there might be a number of us here that might be facing some impossible tasks. Well, we know that you specialize, you specialize in the impossible. We trust one, trust you. It gives you an opportunity to do something very special. Thank you, Father, for being our God and for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen.